Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. everybody. Yeah. Of course, it's been about three weeks, so we should all be used to it by now. But nonetheless, welcome to the first show of 2016. Joining me on this festive occasion is, of course, Marky. Say hey, Marky. Hey, hey. And our good friend, Johnny Heck. He's back. Hey. (laughs) All right, everybody. So it's 2016. We've been away for like over a month now. Yeah. Lots. Lots of stuff has happened. Oh, my God. We World's had different. a Christmas. We had a New Year's. We had a new Star Wars movie. We had a Star Wars. Safe Wait. to say everyone here Wait, in the booth A new Star Wars heard. movie came out? Mm-hmm. Oh, Johnny. Johnny Hex, always a little late. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, well, by, by the way, um, if you haven't seen it by now, turn this, turn this off because... I mean, we cannot be guarded with the spoilers at this point no. on this particular show. So you are warned. The moratorium is, is over. over. Now, yes. you don't you, drive you around. Might, you might just get random spoilers from all sorts of things. From I find show. that. So I think in general. Yeah. Come into the show with a certain sense of spoilerishness. Spoiler alert is yeah. a middle name. I mean, we pride ourselves in being late with all these news and announcements. So, shame on you. All right, let's just rip this mandate off. Luke is an old man. Yeah, there it is. is. There you go, everybody. Sorry, I just saved you two hours and eight minutes. (laughs) And Leia still looks great. Can we all agree? That's well. I mean, the internet has split opinion. I know. I I think she looks great. No problem. She's like sixty-five or eighty. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. That's great. Oh. And she hasn't gone a... Uh, All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Shoot you between the eyes! Shoot you between the eyes! 
Bennett. I can't find the sugar. Hey, good morning, Serialites. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. I am your host, Grim Shea. Uh, joining me, as you may remember from every other single time we've all got together, is my good buddy and yours, Marky. How you doing, Marky? Hey, it's been a while. It it has been a while, yeah. assuming you're not listening to a repeat of this show. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been... In which case, perhaps it's been thousands of years. We don't, we don't know what, what the future These holds. could be the remains of one <laughs> proud civilization. Yeah, that's right, yeah, future archaeologists right. listening to this thought about digital that, track. Right. So we should say something really somewhere. important now, just in case. It, Go ahead. Yes, the robots did it. It was the robots. Stop AI. I'm pretty sure it was my neighbor's cat. The way that that guy looks at me. Oh, He's always up to no good. You and the cats. I know. We're enemies. All right. Well, so so I guess a big, uh, hey, everybody, welcome back. Yeah, We've welcome been, back. We have been very busy doing a lot of shows and, uh, you know, like we getting the, everything yeah. ready, putting the, the pieces yes. in place. And we still have yet, we have more to do. It's a calculated game we yes. play. This We're game. trying to lay this out. Yes. Yeah. This radio podcast uh-huh. business with pop culture. You need to know what's coming up. So now we've set all the dominoes up. Yep. We're going to start knocking them down for you. First one today uh, is is a little is a is a new entry in one of my favorite series we do here. That one guy. That one guy. This is the villains edition. This is yes. This involves villains. You know, quite often I've found we've 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 had other that one guys. Michael Ironside in particular, and Alan oh, Tudyk. Spoiler alert for the future. I've uh, uh-huh. I, we talked to Michael Ironside again. We've got a brand new interview with yeah, him, yeah. where he narrowly escapes with his life. Oh, I'm just like, so can't wait for that one. But that's that's enough spoilers. <laughs> I think that's enough chum in the water. Yeah. But that episode's coming up. We're talking about uh, Vernon Wells. Vernon today. Wells. Vernon yeah. Wells. That, that's probably ringing a couple bells in people. Um, you know, minds, probably listeners. maybe less than the Michael Ironside name, and that's mm. not to say. I mean, this is not a negative show. This is a positive show. Oh, damn right. And, it's a positive uh, show. I mean, we got Vernon Wells on our show right now. He's coming up. This is a big deal for us. We're excited. We, We're he excited. Is, he's, that, he's that one guy. He's that one guy. From Road Warrior. Road Warrior. <laughs> there you go. Mad Max 2. I don't, I don't speak for everyone yeah. yet, someday perhaps, but right now I just speak for myself. Dan Grimshay, Road Warrior was one of my very first favorite movies. My father introduced me to it. Who does not introduce me to movies? <laughs> Nothing ever, that you want to watch for this one, <laughs> yeah. Basically, and a couple others over the years, but this is the first one as a child. Rated R movie. He he rented it for me, and mm-hmm. I've been in love with it since. My dad is constantly introduced to the movie he's watching because he falls asleep all the time. So he wakes up like, what are we watching? What is this? What's, what's this guy doing? So he, he gets a lot of introductions. So you, you're, you introduce your father to a movie three times within an hour and yeah, a half. Yeah, but he's, you're right. He's never introduced me to a movie. My dad will just leave the room. Well, I'm not committing two hours to any of these this garbage. Right. The exception being, you know, from, from years, you know, what, 30-some years ago, when Road Warrior came out, uh-huh. bam, a cinematic classic. It's Road Warrior, dude. I mean, it's a fucking it's, huge movie. It's, it's one of those rare uh, uh, trilogies where the second one yeah. is just by far way above the first or the third. Empire Strikes Back. 
is the only other one that I can think of. I think the that's on that level, even on you're that right. high. You're right. I mean, it's just that's why people right. call it Road Warrior. Yeah. O- only you know the snooty aficionados like myself, I apparently will say Mad Max Two colon the Road Warrior. We that's what it actually is. We just watched the first Road Warrior. No, the first Mad Max movie. It wasn't. Maybe it was like a year ago. Did we, yeah, probably not. It wasn't that long. Ago. And yeah. you know, comparatively, that movie sucks. Compared to Road Warrior, <laughs> it, I mean, it my God, quite have. I mean, it's still actually, I think, a really good movie. Yeah, and uh, it's you know, fine, but it's, Road, I mean, they do some really yeah. impressive things on a shoestring budget, and yeah. they do kind of paint. But the 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 just the visual presentation when once you get to Road Warrior blows it. It's amazing. Right out that of the movie's water. amazing, and you know it was Beyond also Thunderdome. Still not bad. That's okay. Some great stuff. Master soundtrack Blaster. is good. Master yeah. Blaster was awesome. Tina However, yeah, the visuals took a hit with the uh, feathered uh, uh, the hair, yeah, know, Billy Billy Ray Cyrus look, yeah. and uh, Tina Turner, gorgeous woman, and Even she was then, a she was a good villain. She she was she was an understandable villain. Uh-huh. Glad you brought up villains, uh-huh. which is. That's well, what separates Road Warrior from the other Mad Maxes, is that it had the villains. It had the oh, it had great. the one guy with the ski mask, because you know Jason. He kind of had the oh, Jason yeah, ski yeah, mask. Oh yeah, Lord Humongous. Lord Humongous. Yeah, but that's not the one. Walk away. <laughs> just walk away. Just walk away. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Wow. I got Marky, I got to give you props. That was an amazing <laughs> Lord Humongous. That's that yeah. was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've been and, and his henchman Wes. Played by none other than Vernon Mr. Wells. Vernon Wells. Yep. Look at that. We tied it back together. <laughs> Finally brought this back on the track. <laughs> just a love letter to uh, Mad Max there. I'm sorry. I can't I can't not do that. I love those movies. I think it deserves that. Uh, but his, his career doesn't stop there. No, but it, it's to all of us, and we're going to hear on this interview coming up, it's what starts it all for us, mm-hmm. right? And he... You know, I actually think of him. The first thing that I think about is his role as Bennett on Commando. Ah, and yeah. that yeah, was the arch nemesis. The arch nemesis. Yeah, yeah. And um, do I you remember? I, do you remember this movie? Look, it's saying that I remember Commando is difficult because yes, you you recently put my feet to the to the fire, and I <laughs> and I had to admit, searching my brain, I was like, well, okay, I remember a few really big scenes and I'm starting to realize that no, I don't remember it as well as I used to. I think I have this problem with a lot of eighties movies Uh and I have to come clean. I do remember commando Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ray Don Chong. Yeah. And a very, very young Vernon. Wells. (laughs) well, Vernon, that one guy. Well, yeah, Vernon, Vernon, Vernon Wells is one of the many highlights of this. Oh, yeah. And you just, Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano is in this movie, and like I didn't, e- I never knew that even then. Well, I don't think we were all young. Like we were, I mean, I, maybe I was nine or ten when this movie came out, and Alyssa Milano was like twelve or thirteen when she was in this movie, and we grew along with her. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of went. As, for those of you listening, Marky is I was raising doing a his little... eyebrows up and down suggestively, like someone in an ice cream truck in December. She was Go something. On. She was something. <laughs> and and there's like these epic moments in this movie, which um, I may not. I don't think I've seen this movie 
in 30 years. It's come, it's been on TV. I've caught pieces of it and it's, it's almost, it's almost unwatchable now. Yeah. I would say yeah, close it's, to 30 years myself, yeah, but I, and I do remember, it. I think you and I, some probably 10 years ago, I think tried to sit down and, and watch it. And it I think was we, I think cringing. it was on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was just, like, Oh, this is the, this is the quintessential super trooper violent movie. And I believe that they're making fun of it in Hot Shots Part Two because it was trying to top its body count, uh-huh. and it had like this little gag where it was like, yeah, like the little it counter was doing the counter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commando is one of those listed. It, it where passes it, it passes that mark. Yeah, and and there there are scenes in this in this movie where there's just people running up and getting mowed down by Arnold mm-hmm. as he's totally strapped to the hilt. He's got but a, a four rocket launcher bazooka. He's got AKs, M16s. Big ass hunting knife. Yeah, it was kind of like they took the Arnold Schwarzenegger from uh, uh, Predator. Predator, right? Uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger from I don't know, all of, all of all of the the crazy '80s predicaments that they could get Arnold into and go for revenge for his daughter. Yeah. And, Get in and out of the well, chopper. Rescue her is what he was doing. And, and rescue and find the villagers. <laughs> yes, and he does all and that. And any time they would let him do it, and this was just like a just like the blank check to say, all right, here's here's two million dollars in special effects. Big Arnold <laughs> carry big guns and just keep shooting. Yeah, shooting with a camera, shooting with a gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, and then they the manage to yeah pack it into. And there's, so that's kind of all I remember. From it. Well, there's also a few one-liners. Um, there's the uh, – I think he's talking to – now, for those of you that have not seen this movie in a long time, uh, allow me to kind of take you through it a little bit. Okay? You, you want to – okay. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. because – I mean, this... because believe me, I haven't seen it in 30 years, but I saw it probably 100 times 30 years ago. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna take take a little trip into your yeah, memory. Yeah, and I'm gonna and try gonna, to. Okay, this is good because I think I need this. Yeah, I think we all need this. Walk it as as a public service. <laughs> I need to let this Marquee out. Marquee <laughs> is a now I'm gonna walk going you guys through to Commando. kind of unbox and walk us through Commando. Leading up to Vernon Wells, by the way. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And and Bennett. Bennett. Yes. Whose Be- name you had to remind me of, but now it does sound right. Bennett is the name, yeah. and uh, so the movie starts with this montage of people being killed. Uh. Okay, all right, and one of them happens to be Vernon Wells as he's on a boat. The boat blows up. Okay, uh, the old exploding boat yeah. routine. Okay, and so and the the music of Commando kind of sounds a little Miami Vice-ish, like with the electric drum. So it, so I'm gonna try to do this. It goes. Like think, I think I'm pretty close there. Wow! That's yeah. like, if you're All pulling right. this okay. out of thirty years. Ago, I have not looked I'm it up. Impressed. I'm just. I can hear it right now in my head. Okay. okay. All right. So it starts off. Beep, 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 beep. All right. So that's kind of the music, and you see all these people dying in creative ways. One of them again is Vernon Wells. He, you know, he's on a boat that blows up. Then it cuts to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he might be chopping wood. I don't know, but he's in the woods. He's in the woods. So he, he he's might in the be woods. Wood. He's got awesome like military boots, like the cargo pants, and like a, a green shirt with you know. He, he's showing pecs. He's definitely showing some pecs. He's showing right. pecs. He's showing. Pe- he's full pec. Does he get? Does he have like like a like a subtle bandolier? No, there's no weapons at all. There's no okay. weapons at all, and that's going to lead to the suspense here. 
because he's going to get weapons later. Oh, my God, does he get weapons. I'm just trying to live a simple life up here in the woods. I'm <laughs> yeah. chopping on the woods, chopping on the woods. Okay, so he ends up – so he's chopping in the woods. He's chopping in the woods, and then um, his daughter is there. I don't remember if she just shows up or if she's there. Anyway, his daughter's there, and his daughter is Alyssa Milano. Okay, his daughter's okay. Alyssa Milano, like 11, 12, because I – 11 or 12, and she's wearing purple – This is um, ringing bells. She's wearing, I, I believe – know that it was her. Purple overalls. Jeez, I believe, I believe that's what she's wearing. Wow! Um, and she's you got got this uh, short, like short hair, uh, kind of Italian, kind of springy. Okay, she's a Milano. No, that's, that's what's going <laughs> to. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, out of nowhere, when they're chopping wood, hanging out, they're being they're being uh, father and daughter, and they're they're like goofing around. I think there's even a scene of them in the pool where Arnold's throwing her up. Might be a trampoline. I don't know which part of this is like adolescent <laughs> fantasy at this point. Um, but anyway, so then there's a chopper, military chopper is coming in, which is basically this awesome-ass cabin in the woods, which is where Arnold is obviously retired. Mm. Okay? He just wants to live out his days, hanging out with his daughter, raising his daughter. Okay? Living up here in the woods. I'm chopping in the woods. Living <laughs> up all the way. I'm out here with the yeah. Get out of here with your chopper. <laughs> so he's, yes, he's a little, you know, ticked off, right? Yeah. And so the chopper lands, and of course, it's like the uh, white haired, mustached g- four star general hops yeah. out of the chopper, yeah. and he needs him. He yeah. needs him. You know, there's something, something's going on. He's, he's, he's in full, full yeah. uniform, oh, yeah. Yeah. right? I he's don't got, think he's, he's full got a uniform. Under his arm. I believe he's in greens. You know, in greens? I think so, he's in greens. All right, hops out. You know, silver yeah. hair, wearing, wearing like a like a the like little a the little army cap. Uh, no, I think uh, it, it might even be the cap. Right. I, I don't remember what he looks like. I mean, I whenever I think of a general, I kind of always think of Major Dad, that guy, <laughs> <laughs> Gerald McGrady. Yeah, yeah, your vision. I always think of, of him of, uh, of anyone raised so, by someone in the military. So, 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 so Major anyway, Dad comes in. ahead. So we got Major Dad, yeah, Richard Crenna comes up, says John Rambo or no, Matrix. Or Arnold Matrix. His name is Matrix, <laughs> which is a totally believable name for a character. Yeah, my name is Matrix. Blow him up, kill Matrix. <laughs> Blow him a matrix. We need you for a mission. Okay. So, so Major Dad calls Blow him up matrix. He he interrupts him in his father daughter bonding. I'm never going to get these woods shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so he so he so he lands the chopper, all right, and he explains to him that the elite members of his team, because he's obviously a mercenary, no. he must be a mercenary because he's not an American soldier because he sounds like he's a German. I was born in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's not born in Detroit, so he must be a mercenary. And the the elite members of his team. One of them being Vernon Wells, who was Bennett, blown up on a boat. Blown up on a boat. He's dead. Just like, like in Dynasty. I think is how they would do stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's dead, right? Yep. I mean, you, we all saw him blow up. And so Vernon Wells is not in the picture, but, you know, he is Schwarzenegger Matrix, I'm sorry, is told that the elite members of his team, one of them being Bennett, played by Vernon Wells, is dead, and that they need his help to try to sniff out who – you know, what the hell's going on, right? Mm. And, of course... Um, One more mission at any around. Exactly. And so, of course, Arnold says no. And I 
maybe Major Dad decides to leave some guards there, you know, some of the soldiers there to help Matrix in case shit goes down. Um, I don't remember if that happens or not, but pretty much immediately as the chopper leaves, shit's not even cool for like five minutes. Shots start getting fired. He's, his cabin's getting attacked. They come in. They steal Alyssa Milano from you know from the house just, or whatever they, they get in there they take they, Alyssa Milano they, 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 they take, take her right a, bu- a bunch of ninjas from the Chuck Norris <laughs> yeah. movie come and stole my daughter so they come in and they take her she's gone do you remember this movie yet I, I you know okay. I do remember it, like the daughter <laughs> and kidnapped there's no mom inside right no no Ooh, mom's uh, not mentioned she could be test tube baby. We have no idea. <laughs> first, this I was think, the 80s. I think you just put an extra wrinkle that didn't have to be there with the I don't know, maybe. I don't All right, know. all right, I'm with you. All right, so she gets she gets kidnapped, and, of course, Matrix fights back, obviously, because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is his movie. No, he's, he's awesome. He's, 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 he's going to blow him up, kill Matrix. <laughs> yes, he's blowing up Matrix. <laughs> and so he disarms somebody, kills people immediately. Like It's like counter. Ding, 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 ding. There's bodies yep. are flying like right like right away, yep. right? And so uh, he, I there's this awesome scene in the beginning of the movie where they have a little bit of like this lead start. And remember, they're they're in a cabin mansion cabin in the woods, so they're up high, and uh, the car with the soldiers and Alyssa Milano are speeding away or speeding away, meaning going down a very tall mountain. Yeah. So there's this scene where you know Matrix fights his way out of the cabin. He gets to his uh, ORV uh, or uh, SUV. Uh, they didn't they didn't call them SUVs back then. They were ORVs, right? Off road vehicles. Oblong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off road vehicle. Oh, yeah. there we go. Okay. It's it's you know it was like a Bronco or something. And <laughs> and he goes and he and he starts and he you know he turns the key and it's not working. He opens the hood and like all the spark plugs are all pulled out and stuff so he so he slams the the hood and he gets in that car anyway he throws it into neutral and he just cruises down the side of the mountain with gravity only propelling him that's no that's good if if you're (laughs) if you don't trust your spark plugs you should rely on just basic physics just yeah just gravity and so there's this and he's just like just trumble tumbling not, not tumbling but he's just rollicking down the freaking mountain and he ends up smashing some of the cars you know he like cuts them off basically he, and yeah, yeah. He, he set in motion he knew exactly I, I, you know because this is arnold schwarzenegger yes. yep i think there's a very little story well apparently there's more story than i remember well i know but like there's but there's but there's also doing all the badass stuff they can do with the most powerful action star there's at the time right and you know after that first scene they do get away with the with the with the daughter, and he's captured. The whole reason why they did all of this is because Vernon Wells is not dead. Vernon Wells is working for this South American dictator, and they want Matrix to assassinate a friend of his who's high in the U.S. government. Right. Mm-hmm. So they kidnapped mm-hmm. his daughter. They bribed his whole team to plot against him to do this job. And so now he's put in this position where he has to go to South America. And on the way there is where he's reintroduced to all these people of his team. One of them being this little short dude named Sully, I believe. And he is an actor who he's another one of those, that one guy. Cause he was in Beverly, you know, he was in uh, 
trading no not trading place <laughs> he was in uh, 48 hours with eddie murphy 48 hours yeah yeah okay. he, he's amazing. the short little greasy dude uh-huh. he's got a pretty big role in 48 hours too um if you guys start to you know start to imd imdb this yeah, start with all, short little greasy dude yeah yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. 48 hours or beverly hills and this leads to one of the first really cool like one-liners where you know they have like this little exchange and then he goes like there we are the first one yeah he goes I've always liked you, Sully. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Right? So he's he's already setting it up. He's already setting it up. He's already setting it up. Now, Arnold has to basically engineer, because, you know, he agrees to do this to save his daughter. He's on the plane with one of the conspirators. Right. He ends up killing the dude really smooth, like right when they're sitting on the plane, like in 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 the aisle, kills the dude. Like, breaks his neck or whatever, puts his hat on his head, blanket over him, tells the stewardess, don't bother him, ends up pretending that he's sick, that his belly hurts. He gets up, gets under the plane. The old red eye with Bernie routine. Yeah, the old red eye. And so he ends up... Yeah, and so he and so he he ends up escaping out of the plane by going underneath the plane and hanging onto the wheel... As it's about to take off. Oh, he's one of those. That's <laughs> you guys a, remember yeah, this a, scene? Do you remember this? I just, honestly, that is not ringing any bells You don't at all. remember I Arnold? I do not remember uh, okay, him right. on a wheel of a plane. So it starts to leave the ground, and that's when he jumps off. And there seems to be some water there, so he's safe, and he escapes. I'm sure he knew that was coming. Now is when the clock starts ticking. Because oh. he has to basically... God. He has to... Get to where his daughter is before this plane gets to its destination because people are going to pick him up there. Yeah. So he's got to figure all this out within 18 hours. So he sets his clock and it's like, ding, 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 ding. And the, the clock Okay, I starts. remember him. He has to get to his daughter before the plane touches the ground because then they're going to kill his daughter because they're going to know that okay, he's this, See, this story already sounds way better than I remember. <laughs> but I'm, this, is, this is why this movie's awesome. This is, this is okay. I see you and your passion is infectious. <laughs> and so, so this, this is where he meets Ray Dong Chong. And so he ends up meeting her the you know at the airport I guess because she's a stewardess or you know th- anyway she plays one on TV yeah so and then so um, he ends up um, yeah he he ends up running into her in the parking lot of the airport because that's where he escapes to and he ends up having to ride in her little car and I remember he has to pull the seat out of the car to fit in it that's also a scene in the movie. Uh, see, see, and, and... <laughs> It's just, I, maybe it's just that Bubba Smith did it better, but I don't Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, Police uh, Academy. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And so um, he ends up basically um, enlisting her to help him. And the one way that she can help him right now is by charming Sully, uh, which she does. And that leads to this awesome kind of chase scene, which is in the mall that's in the airport. And... Arnold grabs balloons and flying from the air from one balcony to the other. You don't remember any of this. Arnold flying with balloons. No, well, really... there's like these like like these long tubes like are festive that are in the mall, and he ends up ripping one, swinging around to the elevator. Uh, it's it's an awesome stunt. You don't remember any of this. I I don't remember that. Okay, so that all happened. He My ends up God. he ends up yeah. chasing Sully. Uh, through, I think they're racing horses or something down the, down the, down Laurel Canyon. I have no idea where where, where the hell they are. Well, but anyway, all I remember in this movie is like him down in the South American jungles. 
like well, we're literally mowing people down. I forgot we're, all of this setup. We're almost there because after he catches Sully racing up Laurel Canyon, mm. I think, he ends up, you know, catching him and he's holding him over the ledge of Laurel Canyon by one arm by his leg as he's dangling over the edge. He gets him to talk and he says, Do you remember when I told you I would kill you last? And then Sully says, Yeah, Matrix, you did. He goes, I lied. And he lets him go. Boom, one liner. It's a great one line. I'm very sorry. I had to kill you for it, but I did lie. And so, anyway, he meets Ray Dong Chung, and then they end up at a pawn shop, and he knows where the secret button is. It opens up, and there's just like massive amount of weapons. Okay. That, that I remember. Yeah. I remember that, that because that's one of the first movies where they had like the, you know, super soldier secret bunker. Yep. With, the, with it, everything. It's all illuminated. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's awesome. It's like, I don't know how he knew this or whatever, but, and this guy's got rocket launchers, you know, fully automatic weapons and he takes all of it, takes it all. They, they end up, the police end up finding him in that building and he gets arrested Ray Dong Chong, who had been kind of a oh, reluctant... Oh, no, it's going to send back my flight where I have to be the plane that's already almost there. <laughs> yeah, well, he's trying to explain this, but no one understands what he's saying. And so <laughs> Ray Dong Chong, who had been like a reluctant kind of sidekick, ends up kind of thinking about what's going on, and she wants to help him get his daughter back. And so she ends up basically... She takes the car with all the weapons that she helped load into it, and she waits for the for the meat wagon, which is like a SWAT team. She waits for it to turn the corner, and she fires off one of the rockets from this freaking handheld rocket thing. And that exact scene, actually, I do remember. Remember that? Right? And, and she falls into like the coming. little convertible. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. The first shot, she ends up shooting backwards because she's holding it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. She turns it around, fires it again, and hits the thing. And there's this, another one-liner where Arnold gets in there, and he's like, oh, where did you learn how to do that? And then she's like, I read the instructions. <laughs> right? Isn't that funny? <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. There, there's so one now, of the really bad parts <laughs> yeah, that I do right. remember. And so, now, yeah. so now they finally, somehow they get a plane. Of course, Matrix can fly a plane. Is it him that's flying the plane? No, she can fly a plane. She can fly, even yeah. because she's a stewardess. And, of course, so she's of taking course She can fly a plane. <laughs> she's helpful. She's helping him get there, right? Yeah. And so, and somehow he ends up beating the plane there or whatever. Um, and this is, every 80s movie had this. Every 80s movie had this. It was when the guy had to gear up. You remember when you, you had to you gear up? You put on those bandoliers, <laughs> throw a couple mini gun yep, straps yep. over each the shoulder. Knife, the knife gets sheathed. The knife. Sheathed. You've, got, you've got to lose your regular shirt. Just yeah, the go shirt's got to go. A, shirt's uh, got to go. Tank top. Yeah. Well, so our, that you well, have room Commando, for everything. Commando is famous for this one particular. Th this is probably the most famous thing about it. If you look at the cover or the poster of Commando, what you'll notice is that his camouflage is basically he took the marker and just made straight, kind of oh, like yeah. candy stripe lines across his body. Yeah, with the dark black. green. Yeah, black. or the dark green. Yeah, and it was just so badass because, of course, when he's suiting up, he does the camo. He camos himself. Nope. He stripes himself. Because, yeah, there's lots of you know, broad leaves with... 
you know, planted <laughs> yeah. shadows. Yeah, it makes sense. In the jungle. It totally in makes South sense. America. It totally yeah, works. He knows what he's doing. And, like, you totally believe that this is a viable source of camouflage until you see him running on the beach with just. Arms full of weapons. <laughs> I should have put some camouflage on the weapons, too. I should have been sand-colored. Oh, I'm a fool. So he ends up doing that. And this is where, I mean, there's already been a few bodies, but this is where it's just, he just mows people down. Okay, now this is what right. I, and it seems to me like, because I only saw it at, like, friends' houses who had, like, HBO or Showtime <laughs> or something. That summer when it was playing, and I just remember it being, it seemed to me, like a 40-minute montage of him shooting everybody. Well, that's exactly what it seems like. And it's like when, like, people get shot, they're, like, flaring backwards, like, 30 feet. Yeah, like, they're, like, getting like, thrown up yeah, in the air yeah. if the camera's in the right spot. Sometimes <laughs> they just collapse like a John Wayne And it's victim, just squib, but... squib, squib, like, just mm. blood everywhere. And there's even this really cool scene where he ends up, you know... He's like, like he has so many weapons that he's not even changing clips. He's just dropping weapons and picking up the next weapon, right? I mean, he had so many weapons on him. And eventually he runs out because he's basically taking on a whole army by himself, right? I should have just brought fewer weapons and more ammunition. That was very stupid of me. <laughs> but what would I do with I'm all these muscles? I'm doing this all wrong. I swear to God, it's like I don't even want to get my daughter back. <laughs> <laughs> but he absolutely wants to get his daughter back. He was, I remember being very trouble. insistent about <laughs> yes. that. He and goes who through, can blame him? He he totally wants this, and <laughs> and he's and he ends up like in this tool shed, and he ends up taking the garden tools. You know, machete is obvious, right? Uh, even though he has his knife, but he's you know. I'm he's going got, to bring this back yeah. back to the cabin so I can chop the woods better. One of the coolest parts, though, is that he looks and you know, just like my. Just like my grandpa and your grandpa probably used to do is, you know, his wall of tools with a little outline of the tools, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 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 they're on pegs, you know? Yeah. And so one of them is like this stack of um, uh, round saws, round blades. Uh, saw blades. Saw blades. Saw blades. And he just takes the stack, and people are barging into the tool shed by now, and he's just launching these saw blades, and they're just like slicing dudes' heads off. Yeah. <laughs> Clean off. Just scalping people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, all right. So all this is going on. And he finally, finally, finally gets to his daughter. And finally, he he needs to. Now, it's always some. uh, The actor who plays the main boss is he played. um, Oh, my God. I know his name. You know his name. Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya is the that, general. That's right. He is oh, the general. Yeah. And he's awesome in I, it. For, that is him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So, that guy was everywhere. So he's going to be an easy kill, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's the main bad guy, but you have to get through the muscle. And the muscle happens to be Vernon Wells. That's that's right. Yeah. The guy who, who you thought died at the very beginning of the movie. But, but you know what, stupid viewer? No, he's not, and he is the big <laughs> yeah. final mountain yeah. that Arnold has to climb to be the hero. Yeah, in and this so little, little, this uh, is journey. it. And they have a fucking epic fight. Mm. It's one of the best fights of any '80s action movie. Is the end of Commando, yeah. and Vernon Wells is there, and they have they. It's like Arnold basically convinces him, and it's a clip that you guys have already heard in our intro. Where they're just they're just going at it. They're just they're just they're fighting, 
And but Arnold basically gets him to throw the gun away because Bennett has the fucking drop on him. At this point, you know, Arnold's blown through all of his ammo. He's finally he's 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 at the boss of the video game, basically. And he's just there with just his fist and his yeah. knife. Shit. And so but and his camo. Yeah, well, he still has a little bit of it left. You know, he's been sweating. I'll just stay very still for a bit. Maybe he hasn't seen me yet. <laughs> yeah, and so he ends up, and so he ends up convincing Bennett Vernon Wells to drop the gun and let's have a fucking knife fight. And he, and that's that's that scene where don't you want to put this knife in my eye? See what happens when you turn it. Yeah, that's awesome scene, awesome scene. Okay, and of course, and another line. And and Vernon Vernon Wells is so like, yeah, yeah Matrix, I'm the best Matrix. I'm gonna kill you, Matrix. And they fucking go at it. It's yeah. an awesome fucking epic fight. Now, I'm assuming all of you have seen Commando, so I'm just I'm going to say the end. All right. Of what, and of and if fight. we haven't, I think we've had almost a real time explanation yeah, of it so yeah. far. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty close. I think if you I'm don't give close. us the finale, right. I'll, I'll, and I'll so be upset. The way but I that, remember all this. The way that he finally kills him is that now, Vernon Wells is he's he's pissed, and it's been an awesome fight. And Vernon Wells has. He has maybe the gun. I think he goes back for the gun at this point or something. He basically can kill him now. Matrix, Arnold Schwarzenegger, reaches for the side of the hallway because they're fighting in the basement or something by, at this point. I think there's a furnace there close. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's a boiler. That's, that's yeah, important yeah. here. So he ends up there. They're, the, they're in the boiler room, basically. He turns, lunges for the wall, rips a piece of steel pipe off the wall. Oh, this was in the 80s was the only yeah. time men were strong enough to rip steel pipes off of walls. This is Matrix. Yeah. This is Matrix this, here. This. And so and he launches this pole, this pipe, and it goes through Bennett's <laughs> chest. No, it through his gut into the Boiler that's behind him, so there's just steam coming out of the <laughs> So it's lodged, yeah, in his center, yeah, into sort of, into it, the connected to the boiler to the boiler, and there's steam coming so out of the, the pipe. Steam naturally gets into the pipe. It's just physics. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's what would happen if a man using nothing but the power of his arm threw a pipe through another man? <laughs> and I'm assuming there's a one-liner there, but who cares? Let off some steam, Bennett. There's steam coming out of the dude's chest. So, all right. Now, I just walked you through this whole thing yeah. just to to highlight two things. One, it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Commando, as two, a movie, we're glad it exists, but two, completely ridiculous. Two, it is fucking awesome. <laughs> it is fucking awesome. And, like, I mean... I don't think that there's kids on this earth right now that are going to be able to grow up and enjoy that movie in the same way we did. This is unique that we grew up in an era where our parents weren't really watching what we were watching and we had access to it all. And, you know, it was Rambo and it was Commando. Commando's at the apex of this style. I mean, it's really at the top. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying, yeah. like, so, it, well, but it, what I just remember is being like the bland, like, if you just want to see. Arnold Schwarzenegger being cool. That, that's and the I whole was movie young enough where I didn't care yes. about plot. You arcs. don't. You don't. Just all right. He does get his daughter back, but mostly I want to see that forty minutes of him shooting 
people, vehicles, fish, yeah, airplanes, <laughs> everything that, that he does and kills. One-liners, you want that? I want like, the, the yeah. quick one-liners, the music tempo to go up, and then a montage, and then guns. That's, know, that's exactly. What, that's, and that's what I remember Commando being was just like, let's just celebrate that. And I totally, and I knew there was a daughter angle, uh, but honestly, I re- I forgot. Much I believe more of that the movie very last scene is, um, or one. I think the last scene is like you know he's obviously got his shirt off. He's been battling this whole day, and he's got Alyssa Milano in her purple overalls. They they may be pink. <laughs> I think about it. At this point, they're purple. She because she's dirty. She hasn't it's, changed. It's you know. Oh, your, yeah. your attention to detail is disturbing and admirable. <laughs> At the same time. I was a nine-year-old so, watching this. It's yeah, totally I could, cool. I could tell right. the, the now, details that are still in your head. And so, but I believe, you know, it's like the slow motion walking out, the building's on fire behind him. He's all dirty, dusty, you know. Uh, n- other than that, there's not a mark on him, I don't think, you know. We're going home to Ida Tana, and then we're going home to the cabin. I'm going to keep chopping the woods, and then you'll take a shower. And then I will, but later, at a different time, in a different shower. It's not funny, America. All right, good night, burning building. It's exactly at the end of the movie. I'm, I'll be at Kennedy soon. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so all of this, uh, all of this leads us to a conversation you had with Vernon Wells. Oh my God, I'm so glad you brought that up. I guess it is about time. Yeah, we talked to him. we we got the chance to talk to him. It's fair to say because he's in a new movie called The Horde, uh-huh. uh, horror. Uh, Revenge, uh, action, something comedy. Uh, it's a it's a slasher. I guess right? not a com- anything but a comedy. There's a slasher element. Yeah. There's a lot, but uh, uh, check it out. You watch it on demand. We talk more about it. But, uh, but since I had Vernon Wells on the hook, we had to talk about his career, all the other stuff. He had a lot to say about Commando, etc. And the more we talk about it. Mm, you know, the more we're going to bore you. Let's have him do it. Come here. Come here. Magic interview machine. Give us just a little bit of Vernon Wells. Meanwhile. Hello, Mr. Wells. How are you? Thanks for calling in. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, and I know uh, the reason we get to talk to you is uh, is this the new movie uh, releasing probably just after or just before you guys are hearing this at home, The Horde by uh, uh-huh. with Paul Logan, written by Paul Logan uh, and starring... In, of course, the villain role, uh, Mr. Wells. And it starts off, what you're, you're going to think it's a normal slasher in the woods movie, but it very quickly diverges into a couple different directions. And uh, one of them involves, uh, we'll just say, a bit of an isolationist uh, community uh, led by uh, Vernon Wells' character. And he is creepy in it. Well, thank you. I was hoping that would come off as a compliment. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, it was fun. I mean, I really liked the movie, and Paul and I are friends, so it was kind of fun to go out and uh, do it with him. And um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, not often I get to play someone who cuts people into small pieces and, and enjoys telling them how I'm going to cook them. Um, <laughs> so it was a little bit of a... Uh, a divergent role for me from my usual bad image, but uh, I had a lot of fun doing it, and I loved the film, and uh, I I highly recommend it. I I thought it turned out really, really good. It's kind of, once it starts, I mean, once the action kicks in uh, about 
15 minutes into the film. It doesn't let up until the end of the film. And yep, it's uh, it's well put together and, and uh, really well done. And we had a great director, great cast. I mean, everybody in the cast was wonderful, um, all exceptionally good at what they were doing. So the whole thing kind of came together um, really well. And uh, I was very proud of it. I thought it was, you know, one of those fun little movies that you do occasionally that really, really work. Well, how did you end up uh, getting involved in this fun little movie? Originally, when this came up, uh, Paul rang me, and uh, he said that he wanted me to read this script and that uh, there was a couple of roles that had been cast, but any other role I wanted, I could have. So I read the script and rang him back and said I, I wanted to play The Butcher. And he said, seriously? And I said, yeah. And he said, but but I'll have to rewrite it if you do it. Like, you know, I'll have to sort of beef it up and make it things. And I said, so what's your point? And he, and he was like, God damn it. So he couldn't talk me out of it. So he took the script and they rewrote some of the stuff. And then basically he just left it to me. He said, you know, you figure out where you want to go with it. And I kind of looked at it and decided that this guy was actually, in his own mind, was a um, a chef. And that everything he did, he did with the greatest care. And he was so good at what he did. And um, he was so proud of what he did that when he had the chance to explain it to somebody, even if that somebody was going to be hacked into small pieces and used as lunch... <laughs> He wanted them to know that you know there was a there was a way to do this and that that it had to be done in a certain order for it to work and you had to get certain things right. And I thought that was probably the funnest part of the character was just making him real in his own way, even though he was totally an insane human being, was making him real, like putting him in a real world, in a real situation, and not making him this this caricature of, of the villain, um, but making him a real person that had um, real thoughts and real emotions. And he was, you know, he thought that what he was doing was right. And I thought it came off pretty well, actually. Yeah, well, first of all, yes. Yes, it did. It was, like I said, you know, get under your skin creepy, like, like the first time you see Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal Lecter, that kind of complexity to a villain who just seems murderous and quiet at the same time but but if i'm hearing this right you not only insisted on playing the 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 most villainous head role in a movie where the villains outnumber the heroes 20 to mm -hmm. 1 but you yep. actually said let's make him creepier let's make him yep. worse yep i uh, just wanted to to work with it cuz i you know it's 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 that old thing of when when you do something and you know you can do it well, there has to be there has to be a goal that you want to attain. And to me, if I'm offered a part where it's a villain, I want that villain to be different. I don't want it to be a, a cutout of, of something I've done before or a, an amalgamation of characters. I want it to be something unique that you can put it together, look at it and go, whoa, that was kind of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I know at one, one stage there, I turned Paul Beth's stomach when I was doing one of the rehearsals out, our lovely uh, <laughs> producer, she was like, oh my God, you are a sick human being. Um, 
it's that kind of reaction. You need to do this sometimes to because you know the the best villains are based in in reality anyway. You know, you you can't base them out there in science fiction. They've got to be based in reality. That you could run into this person. You could walk around the corner and he's standing there with a meat cleaver. You know, that kind of thing. So once you base it in a, in a real situation, they become much more real, much more scary. And I think the thing with me is that I get away with it is that I don't look like your normal villain. You know, I'm, yes, I'm not kind of... You know, my my face hasn't been caved in. I don't have a, a you know pock marks or any of that <laughs> other stuff. I, I I just don't seem like I would be the type that would do that. You also though, and I and this is probably why because I think there it's a, kind of a hallmark to your career that, and for everybody listening, you have seen Vernon Wells play more bad guys than you realize. Probably, none of uh, them are identical, and yet. Uh, in fact, I think you set one of the standard 80s and 90s kind of templates for just a, a generic bad guy with, and I know this is well-worn territory to you, but I have to bring it up, but the Road Warrior. Yeah. The first was... time, I think, here in America, we were like, we can be this frightened of a, just a feral human being kind of. It was, um, it was, yeah, that, the road warrior, you know, the funny thing was it haunted me for like 10 years. <laughs> um, I couldn't go anywhere and I couldn't go for an audition without people would bring it up. And then, of course, the well, were you still wearing the mohawk at the time? No. Okay. No, <laughs> I would have been rid the, of the mohawk as soon as possible. <laughs> the only time I put it back on was to do weird science. Oh, another um, one, maybe, uh, but a lot of you didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Well, the one that people don't realize the most, which I find very funny, is that I did Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And people, when I go to the um, the, the uh, like, uh, signature shows, you know, mm -hmm. doing the um, comic conventions and things like that, I'll have the photos side by side, and people walk up and they go, oh, man, you were the Wes from the roadway. That is so, oh, my God, you were the guy out of Commando. And I sort of look at them and think, how come you couldn't pick it? But they don't. All right. Well, then you're going to have to put me in that camp because my producer had to tell me that when we were setting <laughs> this interview up. And I called him. I said, no, man, no, it's, that's not him. He's not He's not Becker or uh, or whatever. Bennett. Uh, Bennett. I was, uh, no, Bennett. that's that's a different guy. You're thinking of the wrong guy. And he dragged me right to Google. And uh, so I'm another one of those. I mean, you have been such a big part of so many great movies growing up. And even I, and I would I would call myself a fan, just based on Road Warrior alone, the only movie growing up my father ever recommended to me. <laughs> the only one that he rented for me. He said, this is the only good movie now that I know of. And and it, it, it helped make me uh, what I hope is a responsible entertainment consumer today. I said, well, I, this is how movies should be made. I, I still, even now, get so flustered when people say things like that because um, I guess when we made the film, we all thought it was a great little movie. We never, ever imagined that it would become what it became, that it would become the standard for that kind of film. 
that it would never be duplicated unless George Miller did it. Mm-hmm. Um, people have tried to duplicate it, have never succeeded. Um, it's just, it's flattering to me and flabbergasting all at the same time because I, I look at the film and, and I can see all the things I did wrong. Um, other people look at the film and they're like, oh my God, you know, you, you, you are the scariest son of a bitch that ever lived. Um, and I find it just very funny that, um, that it can have the effect it has on people. They use that film, not just my performance, but that film. They use that film as a teaching uh, aid at UCLA um, here in Los Angeles Good. for editing and sound design and uh, things like that because it's so well done. George is the master. I mean, you know, George is just un- unbelievably good at what he does. And I think a lot of it was because he, we got into a discussion on stage about this one day, uh, actually at the um, opening of um, Fury Road in Japan. And I said to George, you know, the one thing I'd like to thank you for is giving me my career, um, which you did when you cast me in Road Warrior and, and designed that character for me. And he just looked at me and he went, I put you in Road Warrior, you did the rest. Oh. And I said, you know, no. And he went, yes. I'm sorry, but you did the rest. I gave you the tools, and I knew what you would do, and you went off and did it, and that's why it worked. And I, you know, I was very flattered that he would give me that that assurance because, you know, I I still believe that so much of what I am today as an actor, and so much of what I was back then, is because of the way George. Um, mentored me. He was so good at what he did, and he made some somebody who had no faith in their own ability become something way beyond what I ever imagined it would be. And uh, I, I just think it's out of control, to be blunt. But I love it anyway. Well, good, good. I mean, and and I think that that property, the 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 Max story, is is only enhanced now with Fury Road out, proving once again, I mean, that to me was my favorite movie last year in a year full of great movies. Oh, it's it's just brilliant. I, I, you know, we were there for the, I was fortunate in being asked to come over for the opening and doubly fortunate because George turned up at the opening. Um, okay. It was just amazing. And that film to me as as a visual spectacle, it's it's what film is supposed to be. Film is a visual medium. It is supposed to present things to you that blow your mind. And that film, from frame one to the end, has things in it that just blow your mind. I mean, you, you, it's so loaded with the most amazing um, scenery, the most amazing effects, the most amazing camera work. Everything in it is just amazing. And that's George Miller. He just, he has that ability. And, you know, you look at it and you go, wow, nobody else could have done that. Yeah, I the story I've heard, I don't know how true it is, but is that when he went in to uh, to pitch the movie or to you know, basically start pre-production, he had no script. It was all storyboards. Yep. There was no written account of it. He said, no, this is this is what it is. And that's the best I can liken it to, like storyboards are essentially like a comic book where yep, it's he, he you can hit pause up. at any moment and it's a work of art yep 
I know it was just beautiful the whole thing, and that's the way George is. He he just brings this whole thing to life before he writes the script, and then he gets the script written. But this film, that film, had like three iterations. It was supposed to go ten years ago, um, and that all fell apart, and all kinds of things went wrong. Then it was supposed to go ahead, I think, five years ago. And uh, they were going to shoot it in Australia, and the desert they were going to shoot it in got the heaviest rains they'd had in like a hundred years, and the desert bloomed beautifully, which wasn't quite what he was looking for. Um, so they had to postpone it, and so it went on. And then when they were first originally going to shoot in Morocco, they had a civil war, so everything had to be postponed again. And then eventually they were able to do it when they did. But of course, all of that, all they did was give George more and more time to refine what he was doing. Yeah, it 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 really sounds like a like a true artist. George Miller cannot take a hint. No, no he has no idea of what the word "no" means. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, you know, I would say no to things, and he would just look at me and go, "Uh huh," and walk away. And you'd stand there, and go, "What does that mean? Does it mean that I don't have to do it, or is my ass going to be kicked if I don't do it?" You sort of like, <laughs> oh, "Crap, maybe I should do it." You know, he would never. He just has that thing about him. You're like, oh crap. Well, um, but love him to death. Well, then, then I hope he's he's hard at work at the next one. And uh, and since he brought back the main villain of Mad Max to yes. join in in the new one, perhaps Indeed. we're going to see Vernon Wells. And uh, we had a chat about that. Maybe not. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll start a letter writing campaign. Okay. Um, he won't he, listen, but I'll start one. It would have to be, I don't know how he's going to do it. He he talked to me, and I agreed with him. that Wes became so iconic. Wes actually became bigger than the film, which is stupid, but it did. <laughs> Just the character became bigger than the film. And because of that, he has the problem that everybody knows who I am. You know, the, the minute I open my eyes or I open my mouth, people instantly go, Wes. And that would be the biggest problem. You would actually have to put a bag over my head and have me mute. Which I he suggested that to him. Actually. Yeah. He didn't think that was funny. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll see. I I, um, I would love, if George rang me tomorrow and said, I've got a role in a $2 film, um, I want you to pay me to be in it, I would be getting my checkbook out. <laughs> well, because yeah. I would work with him in an instant. I I just love, and, you know, Mel is, Mel is the same. I would work with Mel in an instant. I, I think Mel is the most underrated director, actor in this this business in probably the last 25 years. He's just a brilliant director. I mean, an amazing director, and he is such a great actor to work with. You know, his private life, beside that, I don't give a shit. All I, I base my assumptions on are what I know of the man I've worked with and the man I've seen doing his thing. And, you know, he's a lot of, a lot of fun to be around and so good to work with. The same as um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in in, um, in his movie Commando with me. Arnold was like a big kid, you know? Yeah. Kid in a lolly shop. He just wanted to have fun. <laughs> well, um, I hope know. it wasn't painful fun. You guys had a uh, pretty long fight scene there. We both got a little busted up in it because we're both basically the same size. And it's like, who can pee up the wall the highest? You know, that attitude. <laughs> you know, the machos, you know. Um, so we both got a few dints and... 
and scratches and bruises, but what the hell. The end result was what mattered, and the end result was pretty damn good. Yeah, these are these are some iconic things, especially to someone my age who grew up. This was this was food to me as a child. Bowl of cereal and a and a good Hollywood blockbuster were the same thing. And Commando was a huge one. Uh, oh, I also remember you in Inner Space, and that was yes. one where I knew you in Inner Space and you in Commando were the same actor. I knew that yep. in my head. And I knew yep. you in Mad Max and you in Weird Science were the same actor. It took until just the other day for someone to connect the dots for me. I think I hope that comes off as a compliment. That's, that's oh, no, I no, mean. no, no. I am so used to people not realizing. And you know what? That's why I'm called an actor. I should be able to walk into these roles and make every one of them different, which is what I was talking about, not be the same thing. So that when people see it, they go, oh, my God, that was you. And that's what I like about it. And I think the same thing is going to happen regardless of all these interviews we do and all the, the things that we put out there about the Horde. I can guarantee that the same thing will happen in the Horde. People will say, that was you, mm-hmm. because they won't associate it. Does that, but, but does that, and, and I respect that artistic stance, and actually as an audience member, I appreciate that. It's kind of nice not to just be looking at a face that you already know and try and watch a movie through that filter. But does it ever bother you then that you know people probably aren't going to say, oh, hey, uh, you, you want to come with me? We're going to go watch the new Vernon Wells movie. Nope. Well, I, uh, that's an artist, doesn't folks. Wor- doesn't, doesn't worry me a bit. You know, I, I think that, you know, as I tell people when I, I do the conventions, what gives me a bigger thrill is to see the faces of people when they walk up to talk to me. And they're so um, enthralled by what I've done. I think that is more of a kick than having someone come up and say, hey, you want to come and see a a new Werner Wells film? I get more of a kick out of the fact that people like what I do. And uh, they're they're willing to talk about it. They're willing to talk to me. And, um, you know, I mean, for God's sake, I did um, the kids show for a year, um, Time Force, on Power Rangers. Not a lot of people remember that one either. It's uh, you. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. You catch the right demographic. I mean, there. But they will probably say, "Wait a minute, that that that's the guy from the Horde." Yep. But uh, and well, now see, you you come off as, and I hope this is genuine, and it very much seems to be, um, especially. And we talk about uh, the conventions and the signature shows all the time here. So anybody who is a regular attendee like yourself. You get extra points from us. But why would such a nice guy consistently go for the villain roles? I was worried it was typecasting, but it sounds like this is your wheelhouse. This is where you want to stay. Well, I do both now. I do a lot of films where I play the good guy as well as films where I play the villain. Um, The thing that, that is the difference for me is the villain has no parameters. You know, to play it like the Horde. There's no parameters. You can work that character out and go to places that are not what society likes and get away with it because that's what's expected. If you're the hero, you could never see Paul doing that. He has to be so aware of the fact that as the hero or as the good guy, he has parameters to stay within or he becomes once he steps over that line he becomes a villain and then people don't like that so 
I enjoy playing the villain because I, I get to just go out there and as I tell people, I get to go out there and kill everybody's granny and kick their dog and everybody cheers. <laughs> There's the disconnect for me. It's, I love that you want to do it because you're good at it. But uh, at some point I would say, man, are, are children going to scream when I when they see me walking down the street? You know what? Nobody recognizes me, which I think is funny, and, and I think it's great. But kids, no, kids, kids usually come up to talk to me the most, and mostly it's about weird science or about um, time force, and they, they always want to chat about those. The, the rest of them, uh, sometimes um, they'll get into inner space or something, but not not a lot. They don't seem to go into that, but they they tend to be. And, and what amazing! Well, they're intimidated, me. Vernon. They're scared of you. <laughs> That was it. A lot of them talk to me about Road Warrior. You'd be surprised, that, like you, how many fathers or the sons of fathers who are now showing their their children Road Warrior. And you know, I'll I'll get a guy come up with his son who's like in his late thirties and his son who is like twelve, and they've all seen it. And they'll all come up and chat to me about it, and it's like this is so weird that you got three generations <laughs> who who have to go watch this movie. And uh, I just find it very funny, um, but also very flattering, by the way, um, that people have that much um, enjoyment from the film and, and want to see it that much. Um, I, for the longest time, had not seen the whole film. I'd seen parts of it. What? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm the worst critic of myself. I, oh, uh, but I, you just robbed yourself of a great movie for so long. Yeah... Yeah, but you know what? It's 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 more to me is is watching other people and what their reaction to it is. I get more of a kick out of that because that that's what spurs me on to do something even better. And you know, I've been very fortunate. I, you know, I am just amazed at the career I've had. I finished. Um, I can't tell you the name of it, but I just finished one of the most anticipated horror movies of the last um, five or six years. Um, and you won't tell. Well, all right, not, we'll have to figure it to. out. I'm, I'm not allowed to. I'm under strict um, contractual thing, not to mention the name of it. Um, all but, right. But uh, you know, it, it's it's these things that that was my 192nd film. Whoa. Yes. And you know, to me, that is just mind blowing. I don't care who you are. Are you, you making another film while we're talking? <laughs> no, but I've got a couple coming up. <laughs> the Lighthouse Keeper, which is a wonderful, wonderful film. Three main actors in it, which is really, really good. Um, very interesting film with a twist you can't figure out till near the end. Um, I've done two films so far this year where I send my character from um, Commando up. I was hired oh. to do a caricature of it, which is kind of fun as well, uh, doing those things where I get to play and, and just be a a, a, a total a-hole a of, of who I really am. And again, <laughs> some people say that I'm not acting, but yeah, what can I say? <laughs> um, and uh, next year I'll be doing a project in which I play the father of a 17-year-old. So, um, and I believe I'm up for a film at the moment in which I will play this very derelict uh, older gentleman who becomes 
the prime part of the film when, uh, through circumstance, he has to clean up and uh, get his hair cut and shaved and the whole nine yards and become very suave and very together. And, and, and you find out that he is an extraordinarily rich person who's just gone over the edge because of um, his wife's death. Um, and then he gets brought back. So that's a whole different role for me to play. He's a good guy. <laughs> so, you know, brand new territory. Yeah, brand new territory. You know, being a good guy for me is really interesting because I, I have to actually get out there and try really hard. Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. You've been so gracious in talking to us, uh, and and I can't thank you enough. We, when, and well, I could I could hope that you want to come back and talk to us again soon. You've got uh, apparently something to. coming out every couple of days for the next year. Yeah, well, I've got a few things coming out, but, you know, I do one of the, the lead voices on a very, very big um, video game, which is highly anticipated, called, called um, Humanity Divided, or Do Us X. Um, anybody Ooh, that's a game... Ooh, that's a exactly huge franchise, yeah. And uh, they're bringing out the second one um, a little later, I think, in August. And that's very, very. Everybody's looking forward to that one coming out because apparently it's it's one of those huge things that people are just dying to see the next one. Oh yeah, um, that's going to be that's that's going to move a whole lot of uh. Well, I guess not popcorn. Whatever whatever they move for uh, video games, that's going to move it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun and um, had a lot of fun doing that. I'm actually the first actor they've hired to play one of the uh, characters, so I was very. Uh, very oh, happy fools. Where do they go from here? Well, I mean, they'll learn. Well, they're actually trying to keep me alive at the end of the game so I can be in the next one. Nice. Yeah, so that should be fun. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, uh, my life moves on as it does always, and I'm having fun. And um, while I can continue to have fun doing what I love, damn it, I will continue doing it. Uh, not not just not just good words, just good words for life right there. Thank you so much, Vernon Wells. My pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me on. They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. Are you gonna tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what they just did. I lied. If it's a mission no man can survive, he's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. <laughs> Jesus. He's the man for the job. Jesus. I think when I was that was a, that was a surprisingly long trailer. Yeah, well, I, that was, I was yes, actually, by the way, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. And yeah. we are here in the studio, fully aware that was not a serial commercial. Yeah. We scoured the internet for a serial. I apparently um, dreamt up. Commandos. Road Warriors. 
<laughs> I was thinking and commandos. commandos was that's just too easy. <laughs> this should the have one been we should have gone with. Like little tiny grenades. <laughs> marshmallow <laughs> radons. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the best. <laughs> well, those are like the marshmallows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, I get that. I get that. Okay. You get it. All right, you're, you're with it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I follow. All right. <laughs> so uh but in there, yeah, well, for, all right. Well, yeah, one, I noticed. I believe, based on on our comprehensive uh, breakdown exactly. of of the commando of the of the story of arc. the award winning film Commando. <laughs> yeah. Earlier in the show, you, they they actually were able to click uh, at least like four boxes of your highlights that you mentioned there. Which actually leads me to believe, do I just remember the trailer? <laughs> I'm watching this trailer, and I'm like, I'm even describing the place where he's, he's like, swinging on balloons. If you Watch the trailer, and you're going to know what I'm talking about. But they show it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, I, I think it's because a really, really good trailer, right, it's going to bring that, like, you're, especially in an 80s action film, you're, gonna, you're, you're plucking out those triggers, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you want like you have to have the cool one liner, the crazy explosion, the guys flying in the air, yeah. and you have you also have to kind of tell the story, and it does. It just kind of guides you through did, real quick. It's a, I did, there were there wasn't even gunfire that I could hear until like the last yeah. third of the trailer there, which as I mentioned earlier, that's that's really all I remember was those action sequences. Yeah, and everybody here knows when you turn this movie on, he's going to save his daughter. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> so there's yeah. no suspense at all in the movie. Um, it, but it doesn't matter. It, movies back then, and this, this is why, as great as this movie is, it's why it's really hard to watch now, mm. because it was just a different time. Like yeah. you know, we this was a style it of film satisfied a very specific yes. craving exactly scratched a very intense yes. but narrow itch and that's but nonetheless vernon wells played he's a huge in part in it he's that, that and whole you actually hear his voice you actually hear his voice in the trailer i mean he he's He's a major, you know, he is the... A great, and he's a great villain. He's the best villain. He plays villains. We talked about it, as you all know, because I know you all just listened to that uh, uh-huh. to that interview. Awesome interview. That I was way. lucky enough to have. Oh, you're so kind. Yeah. You're so kind. So was he. So are you at home, and so am I, most of all. But <laughs> yeah. but it was uh, it was so nice talking to him, when, and he, he broke down his the, the craft, yeah. and we talked specifically about him playing a villain so much. Mm-hmm. Because I think he usually does, like we said, you know the, the the he played Wes in the Road Warrior. The Road that's obviously Feral, that's the first one. Leather clad, uh, giant awesome mohawk. crazy mohawk. Yeah. Uh, but also he, basically a non-speaking role, be, I, just because there he was, was grunting and howling and and screaming all the time. Yeah, and he was also he was always like leaping from vehicle to vehicle. Yeah, like he was like he was like kind of like, it like was my, he, he, he like just a, couldn't kill him. He like, just like kept jumping up onto he just yeah. and then he would just suddenly pop up again yeah. from the front of the grill. Well, and then and then also like, like well you know the apocalypse couldn't kill him, so that absolutely. just elevates him to something else. And he, then he was he basically he's the. Vernon Vernon Wells, for all you football fans, he's the model for Raider fans today. That's, yeah. If you were to look in the, yeah. if, if you were to look in the stands, direct line from Vernon Wells and, and on, Road Warriors you know? to to Guar, yeah. to Raider Nation. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you nailed it. Yeah, so, I think that's that's the evolution there. Yeah, and so and they actually took that same persona and they put it 
in what I believe, and again, it's as believable as Commando. But again, mm-hmm. this is the eighties. Yeah, but there's a lot more leeway yeah, yeah. in the eighties. And there's this crazy Howard, not Howard Hughes, uh, John Hughes, John Hughes movie oh, called Weird, Weird Science. Science. Yeah, and, yeah. And oh, hopefully everyone <laughs> who's putting up with our Commando love letter here, uh, yeah. remembers Weird Science. We got yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr., Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton. Gina, not Gina Davis, no, uh, 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 know, Kelly LeBron's wife, Kelly LeBron, Kelly LeBron, who is so hot in so this movie. She could only have been made. <laughs> yeah, she is so That's smoking the only hot. way it was a magic you, science <laughs> spell that they cast and conjured the, her forth. When she first appears, and, and again, if you guys haven't seen this, I'll just these two high school geeks. Who are getting beat up on and picked up and and picked on by Robert Downey Jr. and his good-looking friend? Yeah, they they couldn't get they couldn't get girls because they're geeks. They're yeah. rich. They're, they're loaded, nerds. by the way. They, yeah. they do. Yeah, they're yeah. Fr- just they, like every they have a computer. Movie. Yeah. They have a computer. Well off somewhere in uh, the Illinois. Yeah, they're up in the suburbs. Yeah, you know, and, suburban Chicago. Yep. But they are smart. They've got a computer. They sit down and they, they make. Well, what if we do? You know, we cross the in matrix with the forward shields and turn off, <laughs> divert power from the phasers. Do you remember when they're and then we're and then like it would throw in a copy of Playboy, decide if we want big tits or just a handful. Yeah, and and, 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 and they also used, which was revolutionary at the time, but like that, like grid, like. Computer graphics, yeah, like, like that you want bigger. Modeling, and it was... <laughs> Remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, like, oh no, take it, take it back. And uh, like if someone had put growing tits on Max Headroom, well, like, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like yeah, you were... just a handful. You just want an apple or something. I think I said. I believe, I, be, I believe you're right. And uh, and so they ended up making, and they had to hook it. They had to hook up like these little electrodes to like Barbie doll. To somehow get it all together. Yeah, and like put it on an issue again, of Playboy and uh, yeah. crusty sock on top of the whole thing. And so, and so they end up juvenile. making Kelly LeBrock. And the 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 scene where she emerges, she like she's like at the the eve of like a door, and there's like this pink light behind her, and she's just rocking body. Yeah, like, and you got just, the, the smoke machine. The smoke it machine. Looks like an '80s music yeah, video. The, yeah. the model oh, introduction. Unbelievable. It's great. Great, another great movie where he basically reprises his role exactly. from Road Warrior. He's just the uh, and he, as he mentioned in the interview, that was the only other time he put the mohawk on. Yeah, was to do this one, and he ends up being one of the like you know, spoiler alert. It's so I forget the circumstances, and please, Marky, when we have time off the air. Feel I'll free to walk me it. through weird yeah. time. <laughs> I can walk you through weird time. I don't think we have time in this episode, <laughs> and I appreciate that. But it will come back to me. Uh, but then they end up like uh, creating like a, a, a nuclear uh, bomb because a Time magazine and the little the electrodes. Thing. No, the little electrodes, the little land, electrodes on the land on that. And, and in one of those little moments towards the end, they accidentally create some bad guys. She creates the she bad creates guys. She creates bad guys to so challenge them. To challenge them. the right. boys so that they can to step To their manhood. Up. Exactly. And that's what uh, Vernon Wells comes in, basically recreating Wes, and uh, forces them to stand up for themselves and their home mm-hmm. and their friends and them whatever. 
It's a huge part. And that's where we get the big satisfying ending of weird science that people always talk about. <laughs> well, that just leads to Bill Paxton's Chet, and he gets turned into a pile of shit. Oh, yeah, Chet yeah. turning into shit. That does, <laughs> yeah. Which is so another, again, this is another a crazy Hallmark movie. moment. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, also, speaking of really good cheesy 80s movies that I have not seen in far too long, but I somewhere in my head I feel like I have it memorized, but I don't. Interspace. Interspace. Where he played, once again, the villain. The villain. Yes, a totally different kind of villain. He, he was more like – so he's in the uh, Road Warrior where he plays this feral, mohawked, apocalyptic raider fan, basically. And then yeah. – and, and yeah. Raider then, nation yeah. soldier. Yeah, and then he ends up playing – he ends up using that same character and he spins it into this um, – kind of a herald character basically trying to get the character from one position to the other and again it's there's vernon wells can act i mean there there's there's distinctions here you know yeah for, um, and then it goes from that Which is why i had no idea he was the guy from the road war yeah right? it's so the same you pointed guy. out i admit yeah. that and uh, congratulations Mark. <laughs> you're right and so and then it goes to inner space you know, mm. and again now now he's playing the like yeah. James Where Bond Martin villain. Short gets, yes, I'm uh, sorry, you're right. Injected with Dennis Quaid, the astronaut who was shrunk down, uh, a la Fantastic Journey, exactly, or whatever. But the and and so he's inside and a representative of like the weapons manufacturer. I think or something. so. I forget yeah. exactly what it is. Uh, Vernon Wells plays basically a uh, a James Bond a villain. parody of a James Bond, yeah. not villain, but uh, henchman. Henchman, you're right. Like an odd job type. But yeah. this his thing is that he's got a fake hand that he takes off and he puts weapons and on he it. puts various weapons yeah. in there. There's like a hook and a flamethrower and, and a, a funny little moment in that movie where he puts an apparatus. Now, when I was a kid and I'm watching this movie. Vernon Wells is this James Bond henchman, yes, yes. and he's got weapons. He puts guns on there and syringe. I don't know. Anyway, like a harpoon, a harpoon, uh, whatever. Yeah, medical stuff. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he he's kind of he's hanging out with a bottle of wine with like the female villain, and she's wearing lingerie, I believe. And then he puts on this device, and it's like it's like it's vibrating. <laughs> So I think I think you've dropped enough hints that, yeah, uh, that, that everyone at realizes this is, a, this is an adult sex toy he yeah. inserted into his hand apparatus. <laughs> I know it's so kinky. <laughs> so so he plays this. So you know he's basically just covering. Villains all the need love too. Well, of course, villains need love too. And Let's villains get that love away from too. Him. That's 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 also important. Villains might get more love than the heroes. That you know that's always that's yeah. how the movie starts. By the end, they yeah. should not. <laughs> yeah, we learned Ideally. a lesson here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, stand by that. And structure. so he ends up playing a, again another villain, but it's a totally different kind of villain. And then I don't know which came first. I don't know if Commando came first or Inner Space came first. But the you know what it all comes down to is that he you know and then he plays this like soldier you know villain you know, like this like this like this yeah, all this the hitman the second level the exactly. one the the. The mountain that has to be climbed before you just go yeah. and shoot Dan Hedaya in the head. Yeah, and you know he's he's easy to kill. Uh, yeah. you don't you don't have to worry about Dan Hedaya, but you know yeah Bennett, you know uh, uh, you, he is the the mercenary super soldier that you have to overcome. I mean he's the boss on the video game. You know, exactly, it's awesome. And and Vernon Vernon Wells could do all these roles. He owns such an amazing, you know. 
fraction of my brain that was so influenced by these movies when I was a kid. You're feeling the Vern. I yeah, dare I say it? <laughs> I'm a Vernie bro. You, you yeah. Feel the Vern, you're a Vernie bro. Yeah, I think so. I'm feeling the Vern. Yeah, I think you said it right. I just I love this guy. I think he's up there with one of our greatest guests of all time. I absolutely love Vernon Wells. I can't believe that he's that, that he's was, good. and like I said, the Road Warrior connection was enough for me. I was signed on then. Ah, commando, you, you drew the commando. other lines and Commando. Yeah. God, he played, uh, you know, he which again I didn't even know. Just Road Warrior, and I, 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 I have an urge to hijack this podcast. Spent twenty minutes talking about how Road uh, the the Fury Road mm-hmm. was the best movie of last year. Yeah, I agree because with you. I have to acknowledge it. I said that in the interview, and I stand by it. And I recognize that goes up against the best Star Wars movie in over thirty. That years. was in December. That hardly counts as that year. But and, nonetheless, yeah. I still would say, just as a standalone two hour experience of my life, I'm still saying Fury Road is yeah. better than. The new Star Wars. I mean, I, you're not going to get that out of me, but but you know, but I, I, Star I Wars is connected to so much more, yeah. and I understand Fury Road is is ostensibly co- connected to Road Warrior, Was it really? Beyond Thunderdome. I didn't, really but I don't that. I don't think it needs it. It doesn't it doesn't doesn't call it. back to it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't all you need to know? There's a an apocalypse. They're out in the desert, mm-hmm. and that's really all you need because that movie is 60 miles an hour. Right as it starts, yeah. and then it doesn't slow down. It's an amazing movie. Right. But anyway, yeah. like I said, I'm not going to bore everyone. I, I hope I have an opportunity to bring this up at a later date. We'll have a whole road. But there show. is still, since we're talking about the villains, and especially in terms of uh, Vernon Wells, feeling the Vern. I'm in. Feel the Vern. I'm a Vernie bro. <laughs> but if you're feeling the Vern, one place you might find a little satisfaction is the Horde. We did talk about it uh-huh. with Vernon a little bit. Uh, I also got to talk to the uh, director, Jared Cohn, mm-hmm. and we got to talking about Vernon Wells. So since since we can't we get off it. of that, yeah. we might as well talk to uh, Jared Cohn, uh, kind of a friend of the show, because we covered Buddy Hutchins uh-huh. with Jamie Kennedy Jamie last Kennedy. year. That was That's another uh, film that this guy did. So we're probably going to end up talking to him again. Works a lot in horror and uh, violent uh, stuff that I guess we just love. But anyway, uh, let's talk to him about Vernon Wells for a second, see if me and you are right about what we think. Take it away, Magic Interview Machine. Meanwhile, I think what you do is, you know, uh, I felt it with both Buddy Hutchins and, and the Horde now, where, like, you know, like the first couple scenes, it's almost like, oh, okay, he's setting it up. It's just going to be a connect the dots thing. And then you just turn around and you subvert it. I mean,. You know, it seemed like this was going to be like a, a you know slasher in the cab, cabin in the woods kind of thing, and you even had like the super sexualized teenage couple. You had the you had the really you know unlikable rich kid, and then it's not like it because well, I'm trying not to spoil anything here, so it's gonna so I'm <laughs> I'm talking through a minefield, but then you just subvert yeah, yeah. all those expectations. It isn't a connect the dots slasher film. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Paul Logan, who stars in it, wrote the film. He wrote a really cool uh, script. Um, you know, got that heart, got the action, he, and it kind of it's kind of a fusion of the two genres, uh, which I think is fun. And uh, you know, I think you've got the right elements in the right places. You've got a director, obviously, who who can subvert the expectations to give you an original, entertaining film. You've got a solid uh, leading man 
a, a real action star who you also just like. And then there's one other thing that we haven't mentioned yet that is so important for a movie like this, and that's a good bad guy. And I'm thinking specifically oh, yeah. Vernon Wells, Earl. That is that's one of those you know like Alan Rickman level kind of creepy performances that just Vernon, that's it yeah, that great. seals it. He he's got a presence. You know what? He's got a great presence on screen and just such a cool such a cool guy. We had a blast. He, you know, foreign coolness to him that that you know when you talk to someone that's not from America because we're so Americans are so you know American and you know, <laughs> brass or whatever. Not not saying that Americans aren't sophisticated, but when you talk to someone you know that's sort of a bit more. Classically trained yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you put a little hint of some kind of accent below a good performance, and it gets me shaken right away. Yeah, it does something. It, 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 it sort of takes it in a different direction. Sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's hokey, or but but with a good actor in the right role, and you know, some, it makes it it elevates it to something. Uh, and I think that was very cool. About about what he did and about what his whole his whole presence is about. Yeah, and he's got and he's got oh, so much experience playing good bad guys. You know, like I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, Road Warrior. But he was Commando. He was Bennett. Uh, he was he was the creepy, almost cyborg guy in inner space. He kind of, you know he set the template for the the crazy biker bad guy. From the eighties, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he's there, yeah. And we had Costas Mandalore in there, Bill Mosley, Don the Dragon. Uh, so you know, we had we had some we had some you know some heavies on on the on the set, which was nice. You know, Matt yeah. Willig, um, and um, it's good. You know, it yeah. elevates the movie when you know when you're on set and you got a bunch of you know, kids that maybe, you know, have a, a few, few little, you know, things that they've done, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you have, you have a, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get, you have a heavyweight on set. It sort of elevates everybody's game a little bit because it's like, oh, whoa, wait a second, you know, I gotta, I better be good because uh, I'm in the scene with, you know, very well. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, if you you're going to have a fight scene with down. Bennett from Commando, you better not be fucking slacking off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's good. It's just, yeah, you know, I think it's. I think it helps the production. It helps performances. There we go, Jared Cohn, everybody. Uh, the Horde, and uh, well, if you can't get enough Vernon uh, Wells like me, this is a great one. He he really he steals the the bad guy show. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Looking for whole wheat total? A special K. Hope you're hungry, because you'll need almost three boxes of special K to equal the vitamin and mineral nutrition in just one box of total. Maybe grape nuts. You'll have to put away four boxes. Okay. Shredded wheat. Twelve boxes. Total, one bowl, 100%. No other cereal has more vitamin and mineral nutrition. Let me go have uh... total, sweetheart. Total. If it's whole wheat total, it's total nutrition. Total nutrition. You know what that? Uh, actually, you know what the my my unicorn cereal. Unicorn cereal. Like the cereal that you cannot find 
that probably I remember as being much better than it really is, kind of unicorn cereal. It sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fake, actually. What? Unicorn cereal? I don't believe in unicorns. Well, well, that's the whole idea. Now, because they discontinued total cornflakes a long time ago. There's no total? total? There's no total cornflakes. Well, what is there now? I, they got the whole wheat. Well, I don't even know what there is now because none of the none of the other ones I liked. But the total cornflakes, honestly, to me, there was just like an epiphany moment. As a kid, my mom had bought them, and I was eating them. And like a few bites in, I was like, these are amazing. These are unlike any other cornflakes I've ever had. A little tiny bit of sugar is all they need. Uh-huh. I mean, they were just, they blew my mind. And of course, just like my 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 corn uh, Pringles from back in the 90s, if anyone remembers those, uh-huh. gone. As soon as they show up, uh-huh. a bunch of fanfare, best new food in the world, gone. You can't find them anymore. But I ate the hell out of them for the four or five years that they were on the market. And I have to assume that I probably would have died by now with my lifestyle. My The only reason my <laughs> autoimmune system, my body is still working was all that you. total yeah. that I was able to consume instead of 12 boxes of shredded wheat. <laughs> I I remember my mom buying total once in a while. And, yeah, we would put so much sugar on it. <laughs> It didn't really matter. I mean, it doesn't take away the fiber content; it's still in there. Yeah, that's. True. I mean, it just. I mean, I don't know what it does to the absorption, et cetera. I'm not a scientist, I don't know. but like the whole wheat total, like that advertisement. Yeah. Was yes, you would absolutely have to put a bunch of sugar on. Well, I think that, that stuff like, was horrible. It was horrible, but like, and uh, the only total that was good also happened to be the best cereal in the world to me. And it was called what? It was. It was just the total cornflakes. Okay. They just don't make the cornflakes, and they haven't for like. So now years. it's just total, which is like. The, the bran like flakes, bran and whole wheat. They're called bran flakes. Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. they just whittled down what was making them money, and I, I guess going up against really shitty cornflakes, like Kellogg's, which are terrible. You could, yeah, you can see a license plate through those. They're, they're so <laughs> thin and just, uh, they're like just a, they're yeah. they're that's a bad cereal. It's like you're eating glass. Total cornflakes were hearty. They had crunch to them, yeah, but they yeah. they melded with the with a nice whole milk so well. Anyway, I'm just I've always been upset about that. And well, you so know, thank what? you for we bringing all, that up. We can anyway. Go look Jared Cohn, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Jared Cohn. Sorry to go off on a rant there, but Jared Cohn reminding us why a really good bad guy helps yeah. make a movie. Yeah, and that's what we wanted to celebrate here. And one of the best bad guys that we had a chance to talk to. Vernon Wells, you know, and um, to kind of to kind of reset his conversation a little bit um, when he's, you know, when he kind of talks to you about how he tries to that when he plays a bad guy that you don't you don't have any parameters like you can. kind Yeah, of, you can do of, anything. The worse like, you get, the more people like it. Yeah. yeah. But as and, a hero. Yeah, you have to be the, you have to be the good guy. Yeah, you yeah. have to like you can't go over that line. Um, and I was kind of reminded of, um, this was going back, I think it was Comic-Con 2012. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2012. And, uh, Joss Whedon had his panel and this is, I've heard of Joss Whedon. Yeah. Uh, 2012 was this before the Avengers. I think, I think, I think this was probably like as it was coming out. Yeah. I don't think it had hit yet, but I'm sure he was making it or anyway, the, the Joss Whedon panel was still a beloved nerd skate well, personality. Josh but, well, Whedon, 
He what was, did he say in a Comic-Con? Well, he was in Ballroom 20, which is the second biggest room at Comic-Con. For all of you that have been to San Diego Comic-Con, Ballroom 20 is the second biggest, you know. It's the nicest room. Mm-hmm. It's nicer than Hall H. It's a little bit more intimate. It's still huge, but it's not as big as Hall H. And he he filled it, like, without anything particular. It was just Joss Whedon just geeking out and talking. And obviously he filled the room. And I remember him talking about um, – he was talking about villains. Uh, I don't remember exactly what kind of got him onto the subject. But he, the way that he, I, I think it was something to the effect of like, how are you so good at writing memorable villains or likable villains? Likable villains. Likable villains, I believe is, is how it was phrased. Mm-hmm. And um, he brought up his inspiration for writing that type of villain was an interview he heard from William Defoe. Ah, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. I, right. I, I, I always call him William. It's Willem. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mr. Dafoe. Mr. Dafoe. Um, this was after Platoon. I think this was um, Last Temptation of Christ kind of era and time. You know, I, I think he played Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he played Jesus, yeah. and and I would say he played Jesus again in uh, in Platoon. You're right. He did. Mm. Yeah. You're right. He even that, that famous scene. Where he dies. Everybody, yeah. there you go. That's yep. your Saturday morning cereal moment of death. <laughs> he just blew my mind. <laughs> film yeah. analysis. You're right. You're right. I'm glad you tuned in and uh, and stayed on for that. But here we go. But what he said, like somebody had had asked him, you know, uh, how do you prepare for playing the villain? You know, he had played a couple of villains. Yeah. And um, you know, how do you prepare for him as when you're playing Jesus? You know, which is the hero or, or yeah. You know, they were trying to get like this comparison. Yeah, he had played. I, I think it was at that same. He was doing uh, uh, to live and die in L.A. and uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Last Temptation of Christ yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So I can see why a reporter would say, "What's it like to be a big hero and a big villain in the same year?" And Defoe said, "There's no difference. They both think they're righteous." And that blew Joss Whedon's mind enough Oof. that it. it that influenced the way that he Look at wrote that, a villain. bonus Saturday morning serial yeah. moment of depth. Look right. at that. That there you is go. deep. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, when he told that story, then it made everybody in the audience collectively go, oh, you're right. Darth Vader is, he's right. You know, yeah. like, you know, you, if you, if you go through um, all your great villains, there's, again, there's the Bond henchman. Who's in it for the money, or he doesn't really? He's he might be psychotic. He may, you know, he may lack empathy. He may not care. There's that type of villain, you know, Ver, played by Vernon Wells. Yeah. There's the feral survivor, you know, you know, villain. Again, that's a particular type of villain working for his tribe. Yes. As Vernon Wells playing Wes in the Road Warrior, exactly. great example. So there's you know there's these different you know there's these different types of, of villains. But all of them, at the heart, think that what they're doing is right. Yeah, they all have their excuses, you know. So they, you know, they're not over here, you know, rubbing their fingers together, going hee hee hee. Yeah, you know, like I'm Mr. evil. Burns yes, they're or, not like <laughs> or or, or Doctor Bad or whatever from uh, uh, Inspector Gadget. Was it well, I, 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 maybe I think you're right. Dr. Professor, Professor Evil? Malfeasance or <laughs> no. something like that. It was, yeah. Whatever. But still, like the absolute bottom rung, very one-dimensional, almost caricature bad guys. 
who just cackle at hurting people. Like there's no profit to it's it. It's very yeah sadistic, which is pretty rare and hard to believe. When you get it. So so when you hit the the sweet spot, like I'm I'm gonna say Alan Rickman in yeah, Die Hard. Absolutely. When you're talking about your Hans Gruber, who is calculated, cold blooded, and revels, but doesn't get like orgasmic, but still revels in the idea that yes, I'm just here to steal a lot of money. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to look really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's going he makes it. He's gonna blow a building up a, with a bunch of people in it. Just he gets away. Just to get some <laughs> money, and people don't even yeah. notice. I mean, it's it, it makes so much more sense, and that just makes him one of the best bad but guys. But they, they all think that they're right. Mm-hmm. They all are justified in their heads, even if they're being they're selfish. It doesn't matter. Right, they right, they're, right. Yeah. they're not doing it just for chaos until you get to the other end of the spectrum. You're Heath Ledger and Joker, and Dark right? Knight, that's, et he's an anarchist, and that's a different story. Yeah, exactly, but, but, but yeah, but that sweet spot in there, the the villain and the hero are both just they're conflicted. Exactly, and, and then we are supposed to be on the hero side. Yeah, because as Vernon Wells said in that interview, the hero does not cross that line. Exactly. Yeah, and. He enjoys playing the villains because he gets to take, he gets to walk you up to it, he gets to show you what it looks like, and then he gets to step over it. Finally, yeah. you know, and and I, we, I and we as, all as, want that. As Vernon you know? Wells put it, he gets to go and uh, uh, kill a bunch of grannies and kick your dog, and people just keep cheering. <laughs> and maybe that's the note we should leave it on. Well, I, that's I, I what have, bad guys get yeah. away with. That's why I almost think. I, I, I would think, rather play a bad guy. Yeah, well, I, I no mean, one's giving me the chance, but think, I think about if I had a choice. Think about Arnold Schwarzenegger's probably most popular and best role is as the Terminator. Kindergarten, good Terminator, or Kindergarten Cop. You're right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But other than Kindergarten Cop, it's Terminator, <laughs> yeah. and it's right, right and it's after because... that. Junior, <laughs> Kindergarten now, Cop, Terminator. Now Terminator, you know, doesn't necessarily care about righteousness. He's just he's a computer, but but or he's a machine more you know but he has been programmed by skynet exactly but what he does tap into and this these is, woods. is yeah is that he he's he's the guy that like can just walk in a room and people stand up to him he just shoves them away beats them up nothing can stop you and it taps into that you know that machismo male masculine you know like we're all we all mm-hmm. want to have that freedom in our heads, a part of us wants to be bad is what yeah. I'm trying to get to. Oh, and, well, and see, so, it's interesting you put it like that because I, I, if I were in your shoes trying to make this metaphor, I would have said like those really scary dreams I have where somebody bigger comes directly <laughs> yeah. at me, focused, trying to hurt me. But you say you would just like to be that guy. Yeah, well, I'm saying I'm, you're I a bully, like buddy. You're a bully. <laughs> no, you were misunderstanding <laughs> me, sir. That's true. I was, I, I was willfully uh, obfuscating. You did point. obfuscate. No, I, I was just basically trying to say this, is that, like, you know, the, I think the reason why Vernon Wells is so good at this is because he likes playing it so much. Mm-hmm. Because he's basically living out what is inherently all of our fantasies, yeah. which is to be a badass. You want to take it to the limit. You want to be able to cross over to the other side. And you want to be able to get away with shit. Yep. You know? And yeah, and he in fact demanded the smaller but juicier role <laughs> yeah. in the horde, and then made made the guy go back and rewrite it. I know, is that crazy? To, to suit him better, he's like, ah, it's not good enough, mate. You're gonna have to go back and 
and then came out with uh, like he is the Anthony Hopkins in otherwise yeah uh, Freaking... I'm not gonna say forgettable but nobody lives up in that movie to what he does exactly it's creepy uh, you gotta watch the horror just for does his the same scene. thing in for like he was um, he was supposed to play Reese in the original Terminator movie and. The the whole idea behind the Terminator as James Cameron saw it was that he looked like us, yeah. and he was a machine that could it was more powerful and could kill you and was unstoppable, and he ended up you know using that character in Terminator Two when he when yeah Patrick whatever but, yeah what a lot yeah. of people don't know is in the first Terminator he actually wanted Paul Reiser. Yeah, he was Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger to be to be Big Reese. I think he wanted Woody Allen. Didn't he want Woody Allen? I just wanted to hear you try to do it. Is there a Sarah Connor here? That was horrible. I'm looking for Sarah Sarah Connor. No, I don't. I don't have. I don't have a Woody Allen impression in my pocket. But but Arnold saw the potential in playing the bad guy. Yeah, and that is really where his career. I mean, he was Mr. Olympian, basically, and then Terminator happened, and he was a major movie star. And it was because he took Are you going to role. call the movie The Terminator? And you want me to play The Terminator? No. I want you to play no, The Terminator. No, I think I want to play The Terminator. <laughs> you are going to play The Terminator. Okay, this sounds good. Yes, I will be, I will be the, the role that the movie is. That's very good. I'm the Terminator. He's such a good negotiator, Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> he, know. Just, you know, he just he terminates <laughs> negotiations, and that's that's why California is doing so well today. It is. All right. Before we get devolved into politics and whatnot, I think I, I think we've we've covered the bases here. I think we did. Uh, was that was so much fun? That was like watching. <sighs> I, I it has reminded me. I don't remember these movies from my childhood as well as I should. And I think it's also reminded me that maybe I should just leave it that way. I, it's okay, because one day you will have kids, and one day you will show them these movies. Will I though? Will if I, your wife will I show you? my kids Commando? Will I? I guess time will tell when these theoretical children arrive. I will cross that. Absolutely unrealistic bridge. Then, oh, anyway, it was a good time, uh, guess, was a good time uh, to grow up. <laughs> it, it was, and thank God we made it to this side. My God, we got to talk. I don't to know what else. you kids out there have to put up with, but I got to talk to Wes from the Road Warrior, uh-huh. and my life is richer for it. Bennett, and I like to think that all of your lives are richer for having listened. Marky, do you feel a little richer? I'm a whole lot richer. Well, then that's a let's just quit while we're ahead. Yeah. About enough of this? I think that's about enough of this. I'll be back then. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.